accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. That's great, it starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane, listen to yourself, turn world serves its own needs, dummy serve your own needs, beat it up and knock speed, grunt, no strength, the ladder starts to clatter with fear, fight down, high fire in a fire, represented seven games in a government for hire at a combat site, left to us to come in a hurry with the furies breathing down your neck, team my team reporters battle Trump, Ted and Prop, look at that, no plane, fine, then, uh oh, overflow, population common food, but it'll do, save yourself, serve yourself, world serves its own needs, listen to your heart, Violence. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel I don't fine. feel good. I'm scared. I'm scared. This I'm is the Altacast. We are freaked <laughs> out. Today this is, is the freak out this edition. Is, we are this is there is some shit going on right now, and I am literally absolutely afraid for the world. And uh, you're listening to REM's It's the End of the World as We Know It. They use the word Trumped in there. They also That's talk about the government. Ah, It's pretty on point. I, I, I declined. So today uh, is the 15th, maybe? Yeah. Of, today already. is the middle of June. And uh, it's scary. And this has been a crazy week. And it's, so uh, I'm Pam Benjamin, and I'm joined by LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. We're going to get to the bottom scary. of this. Yeah, I'm, I hope so. Because I'm not feeling very fine. No, I'm not, I'm not either. Okay. Too many, too many people dying that are, and I'm like, their fear tactics are working. Yeah, it, it's the it's, fear tactics are working. It's very scary. I mean, seriously, it's just like you know. I was thinking about this. Like, I could be just at work, and then someone will come in, you know, do what they want, or you know, I. Uh, they haven't targeted. Um, rich people yet I don't think with the with the mass shootings <laughs> unless you consider like Columbine because it was um, a wealthy school or something like that that the uh, but then that's not the, the wealthy it's the wealthiest kids but then there will anyways and then there's Virginia Tech oh man there's so much death and mayhem and what is going on you know the scary thing is this time last year was the the Charleston church massacre too whoa like we always start the summer I've noticed we start, we've been starting the summer off bloody. It's really sad. Like summer is supposed to be like, you know, yeah, it's not cold, less clothes, you know, but it, it always starts with a depressing note now. Well, Ugh. Are it, it, and this chocolate's good. Oh, good. It's from Charles Chocolates around the corner uh, Thanks, here in the, in, the, in the mission. And I love it. I wish you'd call it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> but it's Charles Chocolates here, uh, part of SF Made. In the mission, uh, random plugs. I, I really am so freaked out, and this song even makes me feel like more hyped up about it. Like the fear. If if the goal is to get the fear to the people, they did it this week for me. They did it. They mm-hmm. succeeded. 
Yeah. Whatever force wants the American people to be scared, you got me. You got me. And it wasn't even the it wasn't even the Sunday massacre at, in Orlando. For me, it was what happened on Monday in uh, upstate New York uh, at a shopping store, at a, at a grocery store. And uh, a guy walked in to the produce section and walked up behind somebody with a box cutter and slit his throat uh-huh. in the produce section. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then just kept walking around until people started showing up and seeing that, oh my God, someone's bleeding and dying in the uh, produce aisle. And then the guy who did it just sort of melted into the crowd and stood there and watched this person like expire. And uh, the, the victim didn't die until later in the hospital, but they caught the guy because they watched the security tape and he was still there. Roaming around. And they just standing there watching and then they apprehended him. But I mean, that to me is really, really, really scary. I think the fact of the matter, it just tells you how much in this country we don't pay attention to mental illness. I mean, you have so many people who are sick mentally. I I mean, to me, anyone who is going to murder somebody or spill hate is mentally ill. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the whole Republican Party to me is mentally ill. <laughs> absolutely. Like, just like, you know, the guy absolutely. that had the box cutter. I mean, we don't do enough for people who are mentally ill. Yeah. This is, and uh, and we'll talk about guns too. And but, where, but where does mental illness come from? And I think a lot of it is not nature, but it's nurture. And so it goes back to how we're raising our children, how we're feeling about family and how we're you know, giving people an opportunity to spend time with their children. Who's raising our children? I, I think it also something. I think it also scientifically has something to do with the chemical imbalance. But it also, I do agree with it having to do with the upbringing of you know how you were raised or the environment from where you come from. We all have chemical imbalances though because of the things that we're eating. But I think that you have to come up with a sense of morality and how do you? Are people born with a sense of morality? I mean, this is like heavy philosophical shit, but are we born blank slates? Is there an innate human thing that makes us inherently good or inherently bad? Or are we just a culmination of our, our experiences? And if we're a culmination of our experiences, then we have to make those experiences great and yeah. meaningful. And what are we doing wrong? that we're creating, like, what are we creating now? Are we okay with that? I, I'm, I'm not okay with it. I mean, the thing is, it's just like, I, I do believe there are a lot more good people in this world rather than evil people, but it seems like to me, you know, evil people have doing their job to kill a lot of good people. And those evil people to me, and it doesn't matter what kind of social economic background you come from. I mean, you could be a swimmer from Stanford and get away with rape, you know. Right, right, right. So I mean, and t- he to me, that's, that, that's that's pretty evil. That's pretty fucking evil, as well as the judge. But um, I feel that you know, with our society, we're not paying attention to, we're not paying attention anymore. That's a problem. We we're impatient. We don't pay attention. We seek appeal in every situation, you know. 
I know I've done some evil shit, not like murder or anything like that, but you know, I've said some things and I felt bad. I feel regret. Anytime you do something mean and wrong, anyone that has a heart or who is human has a little bit of regret or remorse. Sure. I mean, but it's all perspective because like sometimes you, I mean, I had to yell at someone on Friday. Oh, it felt so good. Oh, well, sometimes I some... love, I love righteous anger. I love it. Absolutely. Hence the word righteous. Cause <laughs> but why, who decides what's righteous, you know, cause from the other, from the other side, uh, they might, uh, that person probably did not think that it was, uh, righteous. I hear. Little I little think little. there's just like a lot of violence in our culture too. Oh, that absolutely. we see. And look at sports. Sports is sports is violent. Well, it's a healthy way to get it out. I but guess. it is, it is, you know, but I think also we make it okay. I mean, it's bad to see sex, but it's okay to see violence. Right. And so we're pro, we're so programmed to see something bloody rather than something sexual. And isn't sexuality supposed to be an expression of love? I exactly. Mean, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, unless it's a viol. I mean, unless if we're talking about rape or something like right. that, you know? But yeah, I it's <laughs> I hate to say it, but this is pop, it, it is kind of like the norm, you know. I've been scared. Uh oh, testes. It's all good. I oh just, yeah. I'm, here, I'm, hearing a, I'm hearing a short buzz. A buzz. And I'm thinking, is that <laughs> the evil mic? voices? Is that me? What's going on? It's the voices in my head. Yeah, I think okay, everything's gonna be okay. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, no, the evil voices are definitely in my head. I've been reading Stephen King forever and now has oh, the stand? Have a little oh no I'm done with that one now I'm uh, I'm on to Duma Key oh how's that it's amazing and it it's from 2008 it's totally nobody even knows about it it's so weird <laughs> uh, but it's it's fantastic so I'm, I'm really enjoying it uh, unlike this microphone so I think I'm gonna move over one do you think um, the fact of the matter is just like you know some of the people that we feel Okay, I'll get into it. Our culture, along with the media, and then what's going on in the world, all over the world, do you think that probably has something to do with probably, with people's mental breakdown a little bit? Oh yeah, right now what's happening, people are completely breaking down because the sense of reality is gone. I, I think that in order to, you have to have a sense of reality here, and, and it's... I don't anymore. I, I honestly don't. And, and I think that a lot of that's because I've been reading Stephen King. So I'm completely in this weird amorphous <laughs> world of like, where, yeah, you can paint a picture and it tells you the future. Uh, sure. Like, I believe it. Because <laughs> it's the same thing as believing that Trump might actually be the president. Or it, my and reality TV. Everything is so skewed. Everything we're seeing. Like, I, I think Game of Thrones is more real than, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, the world of Arya Stark. Finally, a female heroine who's taking care of herself uh, and I, I'm, I don't know what's real anymore. I think a lot of people are with you on that one. And I think that's a huge part of the problem is it's hard to have perspective when you don't understand reality. Yeah. And, and especially as Americans, we're completely shrouded in unreality because we actually have toilets that flush. Do you know? Like <laughs> we have running water that's hot and cold coming out of the sink. And even, and I was thinking about this this morning. Like, that I am such an entitled American, even though I'm on this sort of poor end of the scale, but it's all about what you consider a necessity of life. Like, 
you know, my overhead just doesn't include certain things like to buy and and that's okay and I feel good about that. But it makes me feel like a bad American somehow. I just I feel so rich. Honestly, but I know in my head, in reality, that I'm really poor. Right. Is that weird? But no. I feel like I live this really extravagant and wonderful lifestyle. I'm like a 14-year-old who escaped from his parents' house, her, his, her, whatever. Um, that's weird that I changed the gender pronoun on it. But I feel like a 14-year-old who somehow escaped from his family and is living in the city and having fun every day and being like, like today, on my way here, I was like, I, t- I told Jonathan, I was like, I kind of would rather not drink tonight. Because he's like, what are we doing tonight? You have to do anything? He's like, no, I, I could do open mics, but I don't want to because then I drink and I, I want to do something and not drink tonight. And he's like, that's a good idea. I agree with that. Because tomorrow we have to watch the Warriors game, so we're going to drink. So then he leaves the house and I'm reading my book and getting ready to be here at noon or whatever. And there's two beers in my fridge and I'm like, I should bring beers to the station. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not supposed we're to not drink today. That. But then I was like, I'm a 14-year-old boy living in San Francisco. I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> that voice is, the voice is in your head. Right. And uh, But I was like, no, you know, be a responsible adult here and don't don't drink at noon on a Wednesday. Even though I could. But then I was like, it's the end of the world. I should be drinking it. <laughs> How many times am I going to have the opportunity to drink uh, at noon on a Wednesday? I, I don't know. You, you're having that inner fight with yourself that some people don't have. I I, I do that all the time you know it was just like last week when I was voting it was just like well the reality is Hillary Clinton I should vote for her but I don't want to but I want to vote for Bernie Sanders but I know he's not gonna win but but you know what just mark Bernie Sanders okay so I you know I had that inner fight with myself on that and you know it's I think people need to have more conversations with yourself. Absolutely. It's healthy. Yeah, totally. You're not crazy. People would say that if you talk to yourself, you're crazy. No. No. Not at all. No, you're not. I'm not. I mean, I I will admit, I I am mental in some aspects. I I I am mental when it comes to certain things. But it doesn't matter as long as you don't react mental. No. You can think all kinds of weird shit. Nobody knows what you're thinking. No, exactly. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go and act on it. I'm not an evil bastard. Right. Well, that's how I learned uh, how to always be high in public, is that nobody can read your mind, and nobody knows what you're thinking. And if you can hold your shit together, you can be high all the time. That's true. So I just constantly smoke pot. Well, and that's what I used to do back in the day when it was, it was bad to do that. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be high at work. That's a really bad thing. And and I'm like, uh, and I've always said, you're allowed to be on Prozac at work, but you're not, I'm not allowed to to toke a little smoke in the morning before I get there. Seriously. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it never made sense to me, but I, I understand in the, you know, when I had a corporate job that that was they didn't know about it so it wasn't frowned upon because I tried not to talk about it all the time that's why nobody knew I was high all the time because I didn't tell anybody Ah, that's the thing is nobody knows if you don't tell them no one knows anything unless you tell them I think going to work and the lack of vacation that we have in this country will send people over the edge as well you know well the problem is that people take on we're forced into too many responsibilities and you know, I think societally as women, we're, we're, you know, what worth have you if you're not having a baby? And that comes from thousands and thousands of years of oppression of all our worth was, was what came out of, was our mothering skills and the fact to have babies, the ability to have babies. So if you weren't doing that, you were a witch, blah, blah, blah. But there are just, you don't have to have children because 
hey, if I wanted to drink at noon on a Wednesday, it's no big deal because I don't have kids. Yeah. My cat doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> so the problem is that people take on too many responsibilities that they didn't necessarily want or can't necessarily handle, but then they have to keep doing them. And then they start feeling resentment toward those responsibilities that they took on. And then they can feel resentful toward their children. And their children, they say, well, I didn't say it to them out loud. But when you give them that look or you do that thing, and then they're a serial killer when they're 18. And you wonder, <laughs> and they're like, why would they have all that pent-up aggression? And they're like, oh, I just want to drink and get away from you. You know, like, but I feel like maybe not everybody should have kids if they're not ready for the responsibility. If you want to drink on Wednesday at noon, then don't have kids. I, I, I mean, I feel like I, you know, I agree with you in some aspects of like the, we, I think we totally take way too much response. We, we ask for too much responsibility a little bit, like with work, with family, with school. We're programmed to, you have to do this at a certain age, or if you don't have this, you're not part of the status. Right. And all these things, everyone, I don't care how rich you are or how poor you are, everyone is trying to chase something that's not there, that it doesn't exist. It, well, trying to make yourself feel fulfilled. Right. So how do you fulfill yourself? Talk we're taught, to yourself. <laughs> we're taught from the outside that you fulfill yourself by having things and people seeing status because you have a collection of these things and you appear to be this way and you're this I'm showing you that I'm this type of person <sighs> it, it'll drive anyone really insane it yeah. does you know if you don't and that's kind of what happened you know you'll never with, be good enough yeah you'll never be good enough or you're trying to hide from who you actually are which in the case of what happened in Orlando that's kind of what has oh, got you yeah, know we have to get around to that he was he was hiding he couldn't accept who he was well That's repression i mean it's it's physics right if you take a bottle of soda and you shake it up and shake it up and you don't release any of the pressure when you finally take the cap off yeah you put soda all over everybody in this case it was bullets uh it, sometimes sometimes it's soda yeah. but you can't you can't we have to let people be who they are. And I think that goes to women as well. Like if you're repressed into this role and then you drown your children, you know, it's that like the same happened. thing. That just happened you. recently. You know, it's just like, or you, you know, you, it, it's, that's really sad because. Or if you're Mormon and you're gay, or if you're Christian and you're gay, or if you're. It, all of that societal pressure and religion that says you can't be this way you can't be this way you're not good enough if you're not this way right. and then you have to constantly pretend that you're something else it's eventually going to explode and then so, somehow we have guns everywhere that you can easily acquire right exactly like there's no test mental test for you to have a AR-15 and shoot people it's in, that's insane to me too that's, that's very insane and that's and that's the part that's insane about our government is the fact of the matter that this keeps going on and on and the insanity of it is just like we'll take a moment of silence no fuck no. that moment of silence do something it's insane for you not to do something about it when there's been so many people and little kids and innocence of people being taken away because of your insanity and your insanity and your religion toward money because that's what it boils down to right the, the, right the ATF and the, the, NRA, the NRA I mean the NRA they have their hand the NRA has their hands in Republicans or excuse me in the government's pocket it's ridiculous right. well and here's the thing if I, money. if I applied for a gun I would hope that somebody would say no you don't get a gun I would hope 
that I, I would do it as a test, test to go in there and say, I'd, I'd really like to get a gun. And they'd be like, yeah, sure. You get I, there is no reason <laughs> I have terrible. I can't even drive a car. I, I there's would no way I myself. Could, I would, I would, I, I don't, accident. absolutely accident. Pro, there is no reason for me to have a gun. Right. And I would hope that they would say, you know what? You really shouldn't have a you, gun. Yeah, you. I'm living in the middle of a big city. I'm not going to hunt anything. I, what to, I guess to protect myself, it's more dangerous. I, but here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing about the whole protection thing, and somewhat I understand. But in the reality of if you're getting robbed or what have you, or someone breaks in and you're sitting on your couch and your gun's all the way in the in right your, in uh, the safe lockbox lock above your. What are the chances you're going to have time to go and unlock that lock box? Hold on, criminal. Yeah. I'll be right back. Let me go get Excuse my me, gun. Yeah. yeah, we can do it old-fashioned Western style. Yeah. Hold that thought. No. <laughs> That's not the reality. And the fact of the matter that people are saying, no, we need to get more guns. What? That's, that's the opposite of what... The, right. That's the, well, that's what we should be sense. worried about is what the Second <laughs> Amendment really is about. And it's the ability to have guns so that we can fight our government if they ever do something stupid and we don't agree with them. The reason the Second Amendment was put into place... It's 1776. ...was, was for... To, to be able to fight the English. Because they were coming in, and whenever their soldiers came over, they would come into someone's house and they'd say, we're taking over your house, we're taking right. all your food and we're living here for a while and they were saying no we want to be able to protect our property against and against if there was you know if we have to take up arms against our aggressor and the aggressor originally they're talking about is the government right it's not each other we're not supposed to be killing each other it's supposed to be when the government is really fucking us over and it doesn't matter at this point because their guns are so much bigger. Who cares about our dumb little handgun? When they come for us, they're going to have drones with handguns. Like, they're, I mean, <laughs> not even handguns. They're going to have drones with, with, you know, with bazookas attached to them. I have no idea. But the point is that we won't even be able, our puny little guns will do nothing against what the Second Amendment was originally put into the Constitution. In for. 1776, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, my, and by the way, it's, those people that are talking about the Second Amendment rights are the ones usually who, who probably never read it, don't right. get it. I mean, I I would beg to differ. I mean, I would beg to see that 2016 is much different compared to 70, 1776. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, it's just like I I I'm not I'm not one of those people that says like you know all guns should be eliminated. No, I'm not saying. I people like to hunt. I, I've shot a rifle before. Scary. I wouldn't own one, but right. I think that's someone's right to do that. I, and I'm tired of people saying it's our freedom. No, motherfucker, it's a right. Okay, freedoms I, and rights are two different things. I think maybe if you live like in the boonies and you need to shoot a bear, or like you know a wolf is attacking your chickens or something, or a gator you taking your right, toddler. a gator's taking your toddler away. But then you probably might shoot the toddler. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but the, you know these are the, the necessary evils when you are living out in the sticks. I don't have a problem with guns out there, but in a city situation, there is no reason for a gun. You're not shooting squirrels. Who are you shoot? If I can, if see, you live in a big city, there shouldn't be any guns. Because I, I, I wish I could agree with you completely, but in some neighborhoods, I do see why people do have them for protection. But if we you didn't know. have any guns, then we wouldn't need to worry about those. And why are we... St- I mean, we're pitting people against each other, and is that... 
No, I think that is if, the if we dialogue could, of what a lot of the politics are. That's the propaganda that they're pumping into people. It's because rich people want to keep their fucking money and they think that they it's they deserve it and they're entitled to it. And if we could just too. spread, if we could just be a little bit more socialist and be a little bit more humanist and spread things a little more equally instead of having our new it's, our new servant economy but uh, un- unfortunately the reality of things is that's probably not going to happen the reality is that i feel the nra has a lot of blood on its fucking hands and they should be held accountable uh-huh. for a lot of a lot of these shootings and it doesn't have to be a massacre it can be someone getting shot here on the street and the thing is it's just like you know I am I, I I really feel like the whole Republican Party they I there's such hypocrites I can't stand them the fact of the matter that they'll they won't even talk about having any kind of gun control after many times of this happening you know yeah I, I mean where's the where's the discourse with the candidates right now about this they said I haven't really seen and and get and, more guns is what they said. I'm a, I'm a terrible person in that my sense of news is sort of this I get a, a gestalt of it from sort of the people and the reactions I don't I don't actually know what's going on because I'm hiding myself in a barrel of whiskey because it's all too scary <laughs> I, I mean it is this is I still haven't really accepted the truth of the concept that in a public place somebody walked in with a heavy machinery multi-killing machine and mowed down 50 people that like I can kind of conceptualize it but only in sort of a movie kind of sense which is more of a Scarface kind of deal but it's not there's still I'm not making the connection in my head with this is real yeah the scary thing is that could be any of us that could be anybody that's the scary <laughs> thing and the, and you know now you have some states like the you can carry like uh, in Texas I believe Texas oh, concealed, concealed concealed carry yeah, yeah. I'm like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> what does that you have can to have, do I mean I'm honestly I'm not gonna start carrying I have these really great new sharp knives that Jonathan bought me and they're really knife amazing fight. and I was like you know should I start carrying around a knife no no I, I never have why would I start doing that now because of the fear I, 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 am I scared kind of yeah like I actually if if the if the impetus of the government through this plot now now here's where we're gonna get conspiratorial all right because this is the first thing I thought when I heard of this and especially when they blamed quote unquote ISIS I was like well ISIS is a CIA plot so you know that that means that the government did it and then this guy who did the shootings he'd been interviewed by the FBI like three years ago or something yes, three times absolutely and I'm like so he was interviewed for this job as an insider terrorist is that what's happening because I feel like. There is a governmental conspiracy to continue the fear-mongering. And the way that you keep us afraid is through killing us. Uh, because we don't we don't get that a lot. And, and that's the scary thing is in other parts of the world right now, people are dying all over the place. And that's real. And I can't really wrap my brain around that either. Like Syria. I mean, I can't even... See, I feel like here's... I don't have a conspiracy theory about this. I think this is just one crazy, deranged, homophobic, repressed homosexual that did this. And now he, again, 
is using or he's using Isis as some front because of what his inner demons were about. I think the FBI fucked up big time by you had this guy on a no fly list. You've interviewed this guy before. Wouldn't you think that, well, he's on the no fly list. We've interviewed this guy for maybe terrorist acts. Maybe he should be on like the do not ha- put him on the do not purchase a gun list. Yes, there's such a thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. There should be that's, a do not I mean, purchase a gun list. I, and the thing Can't is, we make a do not purchase? It doesn't that seem pretty simple. Like, it is very simple. And I don't understand what the problem is with this with the Republican Party. Why is that? Why is that an issue? The do not yeah, there, there, why wouldn't there be a list? Why wouldn't? There but be? but now that's the thing too is that there's so much black market stuff, and I'm sure that I'm sure that if I wanted to buy, I'm sure if there was a list and they're like, Pam Benjamin's on the list, she cannot buy a gun. And I'm sure that if I went around the mission, and I nefariously asked 17 year old boys where I could get a gun, I bet you I could find one within 24 hours. I'm sure you could. It'll be a lot harder compared to like going up to like a gun shop or a gun <laughs> right. show in. Uh, AR-15, you know, it'd probably be easier for you to get a pistol right. on the black market. But we're talking about some military-style military weaponry, grade. man. Right. Yeah. I no like- one should have access to Well, no, but that's the Second Amendment, is that we need this stuff to counterbalance the government. They've outlawed- and so we need the big guns. But see, that's where I'm completely lost in the argument, too, and like the philosophy behind things. And then we have to keep going back to this idea that... Are people good or bad? And what are we doing? If they're not inherently good or bad and it's about how they're shaped, then we need to start shaping our people fucking better. You know? Because I honestly believe that. I think that babies come out and they're like, blah. And I hang out with a lot of babies. Okay? I hang out with more babies than the average bear. I really do. I get, I've hung out with so many babies. I might have the opportunity to hang out with a new baby, which would be great. A little baby. I love little babies. Because they're just these little blah, 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 blah. Innocent. And you smile at them and they smile back. But if you frown at them, they're going to frown. And here's the thing. When a baby cries, you pick up the baby. You ask the baby what's wrong. Now, if you have a person who doesn't have time or they're not a good caretaker or they're on drugs or they have guns or they're not, they're whatever. And they're not smiling enough at the baby. The baby's already sort of learning Negative, negative stuff, badness, you know? Like, if you always frown at your baby, when your baby sees a human face, it's going to frown at it, so it's going to frown at strangers. And they're just, it's like a perpetual thing. If you smile at the baby, the baby smiles back, and then the baby learns about smiling. And, like, I just think that people... I, that's why I don't really believe in God is that I don't think that there's this inherent good or bad thing or that there's this fate that says I this is the way you are a good person it's like you're a collection of your experiences and hopefully and luckily my parents were really good parents I mean they don't like the way I think that I turned out awesome they don't agree with that but I think they did a great job right, right. like it's not like they're raising some kind of criminal or to have a you're actually an outstanding citizen doing you have your individuality I, got, they, you I know, became educated I, I just express myself I'm who an artist are. yeah I just don't really believe in money because but I think that's a good thing too I think it is too and I think that's what the problem is that we're all so obsessed with money and yeah. it's killing us yeah it is it's literally and killing we're us teaching the children to be obsessed with money because as I hang out with small children like I'm trying to teach the two and a half year old when we're in Whole Foods and buying lunch that just because he wants the gummy Swedish fishies doesn't mean he can have them. And the nine year old, like just because she wants something doesn't mean you have to like 
say no to them so that they know that they're not entitled to everything, which is why it's my new rant and I'm trying to make it funny on stage and it's not working very well. But I keep seeing four-year-olds in strollers and I'm going to punch a mother Whoa. in the fucking face. That next is, time I see, that's wrong. Next time I see a that's four-year-old wrong. or a five-year-old, I've even seen like what looks like a six-year-old. And if they're not retarded, even if they are, they should be walking. That Unless is, they have like a weird, they can't, then it's fine. But you do not carry lazy. your child around in a chariot until they're six years old because you're too lazy to hold their hand because they take too long are you kidding me we got places to go and i'm just gonna put them in the cart let the child walk you wonder why we have an obesity issue because you don't let your four-year-old walk that that's disturbing people think i'm a champion on the bus because i hang out with a two and a half year old and i don't have him in a stroller and we hold hands and he listens and follows directions and on the bus we you know i turn him around to the back of the seat and i have him please hold on and he holds on and then i hold on to him and we never take up more than two seats and usually it's more like one and a half we can do it in one but this person said to me on the bus yesterday, he's like, that's the most well-behaved two-and-a-half-year-old I've ever seen. He's like, you're a really good mom. And I was like, thank you. Because I just take the compliment now because he right. has brown hair. So I'm like, I'm not going to do the whole, like, I'm the nanny. Yeah. <laughs> that's take- why I'm perfect because they're paying me for it. I'm not, like, going to just take it. I'm just going to be like, look, I'm being – and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to be an ambassador for good parenthood even though I'm not a parent. And, like, show people, like, here's a good example of how you hang out with a child and you, like, interact with them. And make their world a nice, happy place because that's how we do it. That's what you're supposed to do. Because the fear of what could end up when they become an adult, if you don't start when they're a child, is very, very scary. Well, and it's what happens when you become impatient, how you deal with them, and how they and they learn how to react to things based on the way you, learn, you react to things. So it's just like being a model for a ch- and I just don't think everybody's ready for that. No. And, but I really do have a problem with four-year-olds and strollers. It is. I think that's ridiculous. The, I do not. I'm with you on that. The that height is, of laziness. That is the. See, we have just. Oh, I've seen that, and it, it pisses me off yeah. because you're. That's a misfortune for that kid. You're in. You're making your child an entitled American dickbag. And when they when they're four and or five or six and they're in the stroller and they're on their mom's phone, or I've been on the bus and the child's been in and just screaming for the iphone i don't know if you've seen this like a child on the bus screaming Ah, for the iphone and it's like don't give the child the iphone don't do it let the child look out the window remember when children could like stare at a bird or something but now it's like i'm entitled to constant entertainment entertain me and there's no like i can entertain myself remember books what about having a book coloring book a coloring book Get it, just a reading book. Get a Etch book. Etch a sketch. Something like that is, but that's not a video game that involves creativity. And that's how we connect with thought and higher and your own thought, not the screen's thought, not what the screen is giving you. Because we're training our kids to be like, here's what's on the screen, and this is what I'm doing in reaction to it. Bad, bad, bad. See, and this is what's wrong with us as an as adults too. Like. We, a lot of us, us as adults, are like have a childlike mind <laughs> because we believe everything that we see on the screen. Right. And it, we've regressed to like children, like ooh, pretty colors, mm-hmm. you know. And we believe everything, and we take it and we run with it rather than research it and find out what is actually the truth. Right. You know, we've regressed to, I will say, four-year-olds are smarter than certain adults. they well they're maybe more intuitive and that might be what we have to get back to is like the intuitive nature of humanity and 
I think that computers are the opposite of humanity, you know, but that we're constantly engaged with the screen. When I go to the park, it's another joke that isn't working yet, but, uh, you know, what's the difference between a mommy and a nanny at the park? What? Uh, there is no difference. They're all on their cell phones. Ha ha. Like, <laughs> That's funny. Even the dogs have cell phones. No <laughs> one's paying attention to the children. Even the children are on cell phones. They're sitting on the swings on a cell phone. It's like there's no there's no play. There's no interactive. It's almost like a kind of what happened. Uh, what is that in the Cincinnati Zoo where the mom? Oh yeah, what the child climbs o- away through an eight foot bush hedge over the railing. What was the mom doing? Which I mean, probably she had a selfie stick and she was taking a picture. She has him in the background crawling through the bushes. And you have to be on it at all times, especially in those kind of environments where it can be very dangerous. Now, I didn't agree. They were they were talking about pressing charges against the mom. I don't agree with that. I think that's just radical. But I think it should be a lesson to parents. Kids are swift, smart, and fast as fuck. Yeah, yeah. They will go. If they see something that they like, they're going to go for it. Right. You know, and they don't know if it's dangerous or not. They don't care. It's just like, ooh, look. Right. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to touch the monkey. I'm going to touch the monkey. And Mommy, can I touch the monkey? And the, the little boy probably said 15 times, I want to touch the monkey. I want to touch the monkey. I want to touch the monkey. And the mom was like, whatever. I, I'm talking to my friend on the, we're taking pictures of the whatever. And then the kid's like, I want to touch the monkey. And then, and then he killed the monkey. Yeah, they killed the Oh, that's really sad. And the same thing kind of happened. This is a really sad story I was reading about today where this family in Orlando again. Oh, Florida man. Dude, Orlando's (laughs) fucked up right now. Um, But people from Nebraska were at the Disney Resort. Uh, Little boy, two years old, was playing on the beach. I guess his dad was sitting down and a gator comes and drags (gasps) him. What? In Disney? Inside of Disney World? At the Disney Resort. Oh my god! There's all crocodiles in there! Yeah, that's really scary. And, you know, that two year old did not survive. They just found. That is the worst. That's like it's, a horror movie. It's, yeah. It's, that's, that is a horror movie. And the thing is, it's just like, you know. Oh. I don't. I wouldn't know what to do in that situation because I don't know if the details were if the parent was. I saw. I heard the parent was trying to get the baby out from the or the toddler out of the gator's mouth. Oh. Uh, which is just like it's. It's just you don't want to be that parent that's too overbearing, and like I think a lot of those parents that do put their kids in the strollers are the overbearing. Uh, they're worried they're gonna get run over. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it's just one of those situations is like, you know, anything can happen, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be the parent that's just like, don't get in the water or don't play in the sand. But it's moments like this is just like, what do you do in that situation? I, I mean, I was there. Was there a crocodile warning sign? No, there's no crocodile. Okay. Warning so signs. they, they're millionaires now. I mean, it sucks that they lost their kid. That is it's, horrific. That's true. And money will never, and money will never replace a child. No, but I mean, ooh. It, it, this, ah. they were on vacation, family vacation. And yeah, ah. when I was reading about it, I was just like kind of tearing up. I'm like, God, this is terrible. And just like uh, a couple of weeks ago, you, what we just discussed, you heard about the kid getting drugged by the orangutan and, right, right. you know, it's just like, you know, it's. Well, and the, maybe that maybe this is something we need to see that animals, that Mother Nature is striking back. Yeah. 
She's like, this is war. Yeah. <laughs> Send in the wolves. Send in the dire wolves, San Francisco. It's... Kill all the babies. I, I mean, I'm... I, I, I mean, <laughs> winter is coming. Winter is coming. It's summer in San Francisco. Winter is coming. We For keep real, saying winter right? is coming. It's not coming. But There's a, a, a light zephyr. It's a, it's a very... It's a rather blustery day yesterday, and it's not a big deal. It's... <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite lovely. It's lovely. But, you know, it's oh. just like one of those situations of like, you know, it's, I wouldn't even call the mom with what happened with their son in the orangutan bad parenting. It's just one of those things that just like, you know, if you turn your head quickly, anything can go wrong. Right. You know, if you're not on it constantly. And we, and as I mean, parents don't text while driving. Yeah. Don't text while parenting. That would be a funny. That would be a funny T-shirt. That would be very funny. Don't don't text while parenting. You know, but I don't know why I brought up that sad story. I because just... because the Crimea River song was on from Cope that we were listening to, <laughs> oh, and it was very very sad. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, today, our topic really is that it's the end of the world. Yeah. As we know it, we don't feel fine about it. It's, it's terrible. I, I don't know how to change it. I don't know. Did you hear about all the Bernie uh, recounts? Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. That they're um, because I actually thought when I was voting that I was not able to vote in the Democratic primaries because I thought that I was uh, Green Party, but I actually said no party. So I had the opportunity to choose any of the four ballots that I wanted. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. So I chose uh, the Bernie. I chose Bernie. And um, I said, oh, my God, I can vote for Bernie. Yay. Um, so I did. And then I because I had all my League of Pissed Off Voter things that I was voting for anyways about the city and, and the state and whatnot. Um, but they, I guess because of all the new voter registration and so many people had the opportunity to get all the votes, they didn't count them or something. They're, they're just they're doing recounts right now. And uh, comedian Journey Roberts has been helping do it. And they're saying that he he uh, was a lot of them he was like exactly equal and then now they're recounting and it's even it's it's going to be more and saying that she won by such a landslide and now they're counting the votes it just puts everything back into question about all of the voting procedures oh well the thing is it's just like our voting procedures prehistoric as fuck right i mean come on i can't get an app for it I, ex- ex- first of all I think this is what my boyfriend he's from he's from England and this is something that I think we as Americans should actually take into consideration there in the UK when it's time to vote voting day is a day off for everybody it's a national day for everyone to be off so they can vote that's amazing I think that's something that we should adopt here. Absolutely. Is that Boxer Day? Boxing Day? Uh, I'm not 100%. I don't know. Um, But yeah. They get the day off. They get the whole day off so you can vote. And I think that's something that we should adopt here, which ain't probably going to happen, along with the fact of the matter, our prehistoric as fuck voting (laughs) is, it's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I mean, come on. There's got to be, there's got to be some new concept. It's easier to vote for a fucking American Idol contest. Absolutely. 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 And the voice. You could call in your text. I can call. I can you can call, call her text to, to I can call voice. Star, star Search still. Right. Which absolutely. isn't even on the air anymore. No, but you can still vote for Star Search. That's absolutely true. You can totally vote for Howie Mandel. It's no problem. You can do that. It still exists. People are still voting for Howie Mandel right now. Actually. Right now. Still, 25 years it. later. He's, he's bald now, but people are still okay with it. They're like, bring that, bring him back. Is he still doing the million dollar question or whatever? Uh, he's doing something else on, oh, okay. on NBC. But but the point is, it's just like, because I, I noticed when I was voting, um, 
I voted for two people in the same category. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't mean to do that. So, you know, they just had to rip it up. Right. And I had to start over again. That's it. But it's just like, I, I mean, like this marker... Right, and the marker, the funny marker, the and the long paper. right, exactly. It seems so like 1984, right? Like with the the weird. Remember the weird printers that had the the white and light green lines, and, uh, the and they had the construction or the, the printing little, paper, right, with the little holes on the side, oh, yes. the little perforated edges. It, <laughs> it makes me think yeah. of that. Like, I mean, seriously, it's it's really we're really sad. I think it was easier to vote for like our homecoming dance queen. Yeah, <laughs> it's easier to vote for anything. It's, but not uh, for your it's politics. It's easier for kids to vote for the for the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, <laughs> and that's actually, you know, a valid representation of what crap the kids like. Yeah. So last week on the show, and it actually wasn't terrible, but um, my good friend, who I'm not supposed to say her name, uh, I did embarrass her with uh, karaoke though. Uh, so she was she didn't want to talk on the radio, but she chose all the songs last week, and some of them were good because they were from the 70s and early 80s and the pop music that she chose was horrific okay and it, it they were things i've never even heard of until jonathan listened to it and he's like oh yeah i've heard that song all the time it's they use it for sports and it's something about this is my fight song oh god this I hate is that song. a great song it can't be wrong son i have no idea. i'm just making I know it up who you but it's about. i'd never heard it before and he's like oh yeah i i only heard that part he's like never heard the beginning and it was just this what we feed our children is this weird inspirational poppy bullshit and it's and they they take it hook line and sinker and i feel like it's one of those training things like we we mold their little minds to like like chords that all resolve and we we like end rhyme and we like bubblegum pop stars to you know look pretty and but not too pretty but you know and they sing and they've got so much heart and you're like i feel like something real right now it's almost like a cult but yeah but it's like bubblegum candy you know like later you're like oh my teeth feel weird i hate that fucking song um (laughs) But anyways, it wasn't a terrible it wasn't a terrible show. But she she chose all the music and it was just sort of eye-opening to see like what the machine is churning out. And and she's a pretty enlightened kid because her parents are pretty awesome and she's like a vegetarian of her own volition and she's really really quick and she doesn't watch very much TV. And um but she's still part of this like pop machine. I would I wouldn't even say pop machine. It's just a machine. Period. Just a machine. I, it's pro. It's the Matrix. <laughs> it teaches them to like. I mean, you know, make, well. And I saw a terrible commercial the other day for Mountain Dew, and it had an NBA player on it. And I was like, no, don't don't take the stars and combine them with things that are killing us. Mountain Dew is like the worst it's for children. Poison. It's caffeinated sugar poison and we've got stars that are like leaping you think they drink mountain dew fuck no do you um i think that there's some um ingredient in mountain dew that's really really detrimental to your health not it's it's not like your basic i gotta look it up what it is yeah like the poison in mountain dew but we're that that stuff makes me very sad if we actually looked at like what athletes ate and consumed to make their machine go people would be so surprised i bet there's way more kale than they realize you know i think (laughs) see this is what we're going back to like the fact that when people believe everything that they see right 
people believe like these people actually use this product and it works i'm like it's the best mind fuck that advertisement and government in the entertainment business has done they yeah. totally mind fucked us to the point where we actually believe that shit we actually believe it because friendship and mcdonald's are synonymous and they all are thin and they're, they're all, all thin. thin yeah exactly and everyone drinking a butt wiper in the sun <laughs> is having a great time oh their new campaign i keep seeing it everywhere america it, it says um not a fad fad not a fad and it's um it's a bud but it's the america bud and it's next to a really delicious looking burger and the funny thing was i was on the freeway um jonathan was driving and i was like and there was a small one on top of a big one and they were right and i'm like so you guys have so much money that you choose to use the same ad right on top of each other you wouldn't spread that out to somewhere else in the city but it's so ubiquitous now it's on all of the um the backs of the the um, the boxes where you pull and get the free mag- magazines are not free or whatever the the post the news boxes and the back of them have big things and they're all this but it it's it's poison beer it's oh gosh dude I can smell the chemicals to this very day of what that Anheuser Busch factory smelled like and oh. it smelled horrible horrible it smelled like rice but something else with some kind of other chemicals so. my, my ex-husband and i used to brew beer um every christmas for <laughs> gifts and so i really enjoy the smell of like barley and hops and all that stuff but this smells you know, different this is, yeah no it's there's definitely whenever you make whenever you get too big that's when you start you know i guess losing quality oh god or you have to change it's cheaper so this is my new rant how how is it possible that Burger King can have 10 nuggets for $1.49? That's we've talked about less that, than 15 yeah. cents a nugget. How? How? So that's a thing. And right now you can get two Big Macs for $5. And I'm telling you, their marketing is making me want Big Macs. And I know I don't want a Big Mac. I know that I want to go to the Wolf and go get an In-N-Out. And if I want it to have two patties, I should get a double-double. I know, and I haven't gone to the McDonald's yet on 16th and Petrero, but boy, have I thought about it. I'm like, two Big Macs it's, for $5. They're getting to you. It's programming. And there's a, or a filet of fish. Oh, filet of fish and a Big Mac, oh my God. Oh, I found out the bad ingredient. Remember my childhood? Yeah, what's the bush? Um, so Mountain Dew with other sodas contain a toxic chemical known uh, as... Uh, bromaminated vegetable oil, BVO, which is a toxic uh, chemical that is contained. So it helped it help it basically cancer and obesity, and uh-huh. um, it also destroys your teeth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that, like- that was my um, when I was little. We had to do um, science projects, and that was the first one I ever did, which was sure. Coca-Cola water and coffee and um i took three of my baby teeth or i took more of them basically we took all of my baby teeth and like my brother's baby teeth i guess and maybe i just did it with my teeth i don't remember but i took a nail like a big nail Uh and uh teeth and something a penny those were the three and i had you know water coca-cola 
and coffee. And I put one in each and I checked it like every day for two weeks, I think. To, to see, right, to, to use the scientific process and to see what would happen. And I had a hypothesis in the beginning that the Coca-Cola would like do something to the teeth or whatever. And it completely dissolved the tooth. There was nothing left at the end of two weeks. There was nothing there. Wow. There was nothing That's... there. It did the same thing to the nail. Part of the nail actually like eroded like off and it took all of the shine off the penny it made the penny completely pretty and brand new again like it took all the weird residue off it oh my gosh how old were you when you did this i think like second grade i think it was my first science fair project did you think like when you were in second grade like after that where you're like kind of steered away from sodas a little well, bit? Well, I was, I mean, the, I think the whole reason that we did that is I wasn't allowed to drink soda mm-hmm. at all. Not even, like, the only time was when in Danville there was one fast food restaurant downtown and it was Burger King. And I wonder if it's still there. I don't know. Um, and they had a drive through and we would sit in there and, it, and they had a little outdoor patio. Anyways. And I have a lot of really good childhood memories there because we got to go there when we were really good. Right. So it was like once a month we were allowed to get chicken fingers and fry or whatever the, ch- I love the, the chicken sandwich the king's hat. absolutely and we'd go and sit in there and it was like a big deal or we'd get drive through and it was like if we did something really good so it was always a reward right and i loved it and i was able to get a soda then uh with my meal but that was like the we never had until i was in high school we never had like soda in the house yeah so when i was little it was like whoa which um, is a good thing i guess you learned very early on yes that it was well, and for me too, I mean, th- this one on the opposite scale is that the way that media affected me is that in third grade, I thought I was fat. And um, so my, well, from kindergarten on, really, everyone always called me chunky or chubby or whatever. So, and my nickname when I was really little was Boomer because I'd boom around the house upstairs, boom, 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 and I was just a fat little baby. And you could hear me wherever I was going because I was like, boom, 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 boom. So they called me Boomer. So my psychosis with the media was always that I was fat. And so I would I would in my head even at that time put together soda and fatness sure yeah so which is pretty smart right it was like and I didn't eat candy bars or I I I mean like I had a concept of foods that were good and foods that were bad because I was sort of molded from the outside as fat little girls never get anywhere in the world don't be fat because you know your entire worth is based on what you look like and your attractiveness to the opposite sex so that you can get a good husband and it was about that kind of like, I, for some reason, that's what I picked up as a child is that as a woman, the way that you look is the most important thing Yeah, completely. That's, you know, exactly for me too, because I remember I started getting on the treadmill and I wasn't a fat kid, but I, um, I remember one day my grandmother's like, why are you always on the treadmill? She's like, cause I don't want to be fat like my mom. Oh, wow. And so, you know, that whole thing. And the, the <laughs> reality of it is you're absolutely right. It's, it's true. That's the reality. And, you know, we, we can sit here and talk about like, oh, you know, but you, you know, it's not the way it should be and blah, 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 but that's the way it is. Right. And it, I, to me, it's getting worse. And right. The, and yeah. The, the, I think that we're becoming more accepting of different body types, but still people are calling Amy Schumer fat and it makes me go, weird. you, you evil. Okay. This makes, this is what makes me angry about, about Hollywood <laughs> and about men and about, is they're like, oh, Amy Schumer's fat, but I'd still fuck her. She is a regular size woman. Oh understand she is not fat she is a regular person 
who happens to be very funny and she's on TV. She's not my favorite, but I really, and it was, oh, she's so brave. She's not fucking brave. She just says what we talk about all the time. Yeah, but she's not. Oh, she's so brave because she's so big and she's, she's, she's not so, she's not oh so God, big. big. So we're still doing that. But that's the thing is that, you know, men are allowed to be on film and be old and schlubby and fat and they still get a 27-year-old ingenue to be in the movie with them. But then all of a sudden, Amy Schumer like, oh, well, it, it makes me really sad that it's, we're still so, men are still able to objectify women, <laughs> you know, and, and say that it's their, that there's body, that, that the body is more important than the person or that the, the body is the person. See that, that's what I was taught is that as a woman, the way that I look is that's me. That's my self-worth. Yeah. That's it. I think we're all, you know, kind of we're raised, especially if you're a female, we're raised to always be pretty, always be proper. And I still have that program. You know, I still have that going on in my head to this very day. Just smile and look pleasant. You know. I was told that a lot. Can't but, you just smile and look pleasant? You always have to say something. Cross your legs. Right, right, right. Knees together. Which, I was always knees Which together. I do believe sometimes, ladies, if you are wearing a skirt, you should like kind of close your shit, but you don't have right, to Right, right. I mean, or, I mean, you can go, you can go knees together, although it's a little more prim, uh-huh. but it also does a good little inner thigh workout if you have to hold your legs together the whole time. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, it's just like, you know, it's in our society, we always, we're looking at, and it's, especially with a lot of men, like a lot of these people that do criticize people that don't need to be criticized are the ones that aren't that need to be criticized themselves basically <laughs> to throw some little i mean to throw shade and like and it, we're teaching we're teaching our young men to objectify women through the, everything that we're doing through film and we're saying oh the, the fat dumpy guy can get the hot girl but girls you can't get a hot guy unless you're so hot and in fact you can't get any guy unless you're so hot and you have to constantly like and set honestly sex was weird for me for a long time and still it gets a little funky because I think of it as such a performative act because I'm somehow that's what I was taught that I'm supposed to do it like this in order to make them happy right and I often feel guilty about asking them to do things that I would want because, oh God, I don't know. It's so weird to me that it's, it's. You're not being a, really, a proper lady. Well, yeah, it's, it's, there's so much for me of like sex and religion and the way that I look all tied up and it's yeah. weird. And then the portrayal of it through movies. And then now that all guys watch porn and it's just completely, totally accepted. I watch porn. Well, no, and that's and that's great. So, and I, I, but it's in our society. It didn't used to be like. But people the believe. Norm. But people believe what they see when they watch porn. That's the effed up part about right, it. Right. You know, that's like. By the way, she's acting. She, right. Those screams ain't real. Right. Which is why sometimes <laughs> I've always felt like that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I'm supposed to be like, ah, ah, even though I'm like, I'm really not feeling we're anything acting with sometimes. this. We're acting Right. <laughs> but I think as women, we're taught to we, act. Yeah. No. That, and I, I, I perform, you know. Right. I perform. Because, it, yeah, I agree that we are programmed to have that you know we're supposed to act and be loud and like act like we enjoy it and it's the best experience right when it's kind of like i could have read a book right right right. shit i could have went for a run damn (laughs) i know i'm burning calories but not that much yeah i honestly at this point i prefer like 
a nice uh, the the way to get me excited is the back rub. Like once he starts in and like starts massaging me, I'm like, all right, you've done your work. Good stuff. <laughs> I prefer so we'll oral. See, so, you know, I'm not into that. So uh, just because I have, I get so I. And even though I don't, I know my boyfriend doesn't have the herp, and um, I'm so I have so much fear surrounding mouth liquids near my girly parts <laughs> because I'm afraid. I just, I don't know. I'm just like, ah, it's, what if, what if you ate it's chicken? Going, Am I going to get salmonella? It, in my- it's going back to probably that fear and that whole religious background I'm thing dirty. that, you I'm know, dirty. you know, it's like yeah. that mouth. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know where it's been or I know where it's been, but I, yeah, afraid. I know where it's been. And it was just eating, you know, Thai food. And I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if I want the spice downstairs, brother. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, I'm, um, I'm just weird about it for my own reasons, but it's okay because I mean, whatever. Everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very prudish. I think, and it's, and it's Jesus's fault. You ruined me, absolutely. <laughs> I am Jesus. the total opposite. I am not a prude. I know what I like, and you know, I, I think the fact of the matter is because I was raised in a strict Catholic background, and that I think I was exposed to a lot of things sexual when I was young. Like I started watching porn when I was like in high school. Okay. Um, when I, and I was rebel, rebel from the church. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, I didn't lose my virginity till I was 20 because it was my choice. Right. And I knew how I wanted to lose it too. Um, (laughs) but I, I feel like, you know, I, it kind of helped me. I didn't even masturbate to these movies, by the way, when I was in, uh, teenager i was just curious sure and i thought it was funny because it was so over the top i thought it was comedy actually yeah. I, I was just like this is just so stupid how could people i mean it, it's comedy to me but i did learn some things but it also helped me kind of get comfortable with i myself sexually i mean this is the time of VHS still. Sure. So it wasn't like I could go to Pornhub or what have you. And that's that's what I'm saying is scary now is that 12-year-olds all have cell phones and they can easily access Pornhub or whatever right. they want. And they're learning. Their first sexual experiences are learning the most extreme things. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there's not even a plot, you know? It's <laughs> just like ass-fucking. Yeah, all right. It's just cold cut to- but, And then that's the thing is that <laughs> if your first exposure to sexuality is this really heightened stuff, but you don't have the filter or the ability or the critical thought to understand that this maybe isn't real or that women, all women aren't like this, that this is an act, a play, a thing. And then some of it is, you know, really, you can tell they're on heroin. Some of it's pretty bad. and And if you don't have, if you haven't been raised and you don't have the experiences to have the filter to know what is real and what isn't, I mean, isn't that how you could eventually find yourself walking in and killing a bunch of people because nothing is real. So if nothing right. is real, then me shooting this gun isn't real. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Exactly. I'll be famous someday. Or I, I don't understand our psychology. That's the scary thing to what you just said, the fact of the notoriety. Right. That that person is infamous. Yeah, negative, uh, negative reinforcement. Negative attention is positive attention. Exactly. Any There's attention no such thing as bad publicity. Right, right, you right. You know, and that, I mean, oh, that's it, the scary thing because you do have people that will do it for the attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, in the book uh, by Stephen King, the Mercedes, uh, Mercedes man, the, his killer really likes that. He wants to, to be like, he thinks this is going to be his big fame thing. This is going to be 
how he's going to be remembered. And there's a couple characters like that in some in the stand when the the Harold character is like, this is how I'm going to be. This is my opus. Blah blah. blah. And it's you know when people want to kill people because that's where they think that the value of their own life lies. Somehow I. Uh, it's really disturbing and then you know you have I, mean, I think I think the fact and I, I'm going to blame the media on this is the fact that when we flash a picture mm. of that person that has done it like a heinous act we're giving them what they want right we're giving them the attention we're giving them the you know that star treatment yeah right right you know <laughs> it, it, it's it's sad I, I think maybe sometimes we shouldn't we shouldn't release that person's picture. I completely agree with that. Does Florida have the death penalty? Yes. So this person's going to die. No, he's dead. Oh, because yeah. he killed himself after. Uh, the police shootout. The shoot yeah, out. the shootout. Um, and the thing is, it's just like, you know, he's probably in hell right now or whatever. He's just like, I got, I got my star treatment. Well, Woo! see, now that's the thing is like, this is, this is my conundrum on, on nature and the world and you know, heaven and hell, blah, blah, blah. If, and, and, and it comes to the crux of the idea of a soul. Do we have a soul? Does our soul go somewhere? Are we just, this creation, is this culmination of experiences that we have that we call life, is it finite or is there some energy that moves on? You know, we become part of the tree and the tree feeds and the stuff and the, like, if, I, I really, I really don't believe in like a heaven or a hell, but I'd like to think that, that I think our soul goes someplace. That it, we, we, I, 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 I'm a spiritual person. I, I feel like our soul goes someplace. It may not be called heaven and hell, but it, <laughs> I have no idea where it goes. Well, they say that the white light is just a, is just the rush of endorphins that you get right before you, or, you know, before you pass out or whatever. It's kind of like the same thing that happens when you take too much nitrous and you feel like <laughs> you have the answer to everything and everything's just sort of like getting smaller and smaller. Getting and that's smaller. because you're just about to pass out. So, I, I mean, I think that's what the white light might be all be, be about. You're like, I know the answer to everything. And it's like, because you're about to pass out, motherfucker. I, I, I do believe that our soul goes someplace. And I do believe that bad people's soul don't they're not going to a good place. Where does it go when we sleep? Does our soul fly out of our body or is it still there? Because we're not there, really. We're unconscious. We're unconscious. So we have a consciousness. We when we're unconscious that. is maybe our unconscious world. That's, no, because you have to be alive to have a subconsciousness. Yeah. Do you? I, it's, <sighs> someone, it's trippy. Someone call us Stephen Hawking. <laughs> he doesn't deal with the metaphysical, I don't think. But, I mean, the thing is, it's... I, I don't, I feel like with what happened, you know, I think it's going to happen again, um, unfortunately. Oh, again and again. It's yeah. happening. Uh, that's the fear. That's the thing is that now if it's been 50 people, what if the next guy's like, oh, I want to at least kill 75. That's the thing. Now we're going to have a copycat who wants more of a body count. You know that's gonna happen. You know there's some deranged fuckface out there who's just like, oh right, who am I? I'm gonna be like that guy. Uh, you know there's that person out there or persons, because we live in this society where we have a lot of mentally ill, fucked up people. Yeah, it's true. So uh, last year at this time, and I don't remember if it was on this podcast that we talked about it, but I remember talking about it with somebody. I was saying, oh, I should write this show for 
for Netflix because they like gay characters and it would be a, a, a lesbian cop in San Francisco and she would be partnered up with this new guy on the force because you know for sensitivity training and shit and he's like this homophobe that's fucked up somewhere else and said something and called somebody something or whatever so they're like all right your new partner is this uh is this lesbian lady and she's a great cop and she uncovers this plot that this person's gonna try to blow up gay pride which is next weekend and uh this is this is a story that i came up with guys don't worry i'm not but this gay cop she's trying to uncover this plot nobody believes her but she finally convinces this uh, super straight guy to believe her because he sees something and whatever. And so they're running around San Francisco. They're like, they've, the guys, um, he's, you know, where they're doing the work on the, the new, it's going to be the new Muni that goes up to Chinatown. Yeah. Eventually they find out that like, he's planted a bomb in the catacombs that they're building right now. Cause there's a big pit and there's all this stuff and right. he's got the bomb there. And so it's like sort of, it was going to be sort of like 24, like in that it's all happening live and it's happening in 24 hours and it's filmed here and she's racing around because she's trying to find this guy, all putting all the clues together and, and they, they, you know, they thwart the attack. So there's no, they don't blow up all the gays, but it was like, I mean, that's after what happened on, on Sunday. I mean, I'm, I'm frankly a little nervous to go out to Gay Pride this year. Yeah, and you've heard like what what we talked about earlier about the guy from Indiana going to uh, Los Angeles to do that at Pride. It's just like, and again, copycat. It's it's just like, what is wrong with you people? Like you people are really, y'all, I don't know. I had to explain to a nine-year-old what Gay Pride was and what civil rights, and I connected it with civil rights, and I said, you know, and black people used to be slaves. And she's like, I know, isn't that weird? And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, they couldn't vote for a long, they were, and I was saying, and women used to only have babies. And, and we were like, just talking about, and I've said, and gay people, it was recognized as a mental disorder until like 1978 or something. And she was like, it was kind of blowing her mind. And I'm like, and they, gay people just got the ability to to get married. That's like, that's like real civil rights. That's like super equality that wasn't there last year, you know, or two years ago, what have you. And then people hate it. (laughs) Right. And so trying to explain to a nine-year-old, because she just is like, well, we're all equal. I'm a nine-year-old living in San Francisco. Like, you know. I wish that would be the reality of things, that we're all equal, but we're not. Right. You know. Well, she sees everyone as equal because she's, she's a, you know, she's in a very, she's, she's, she's well off. So, um, but I think she still sees people as equal. She doesn't see color. She doesn't see race or religion and it doesn't seem to bother her in any way, you know, gender, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm hoping that like the new generation of San Francisco children helps change the world because they just don't even... But the thing is, they're going to see it at some point. They're going to leave the bubble and be like, oh, my God, it's not like this everywhere. Like, it's going to be mind blowing, you know, unless unless Trump actually. And that's what that's what the that's what I'm afraid of, is that I'm in San Francisco and I've completely lost sight of reality and that Trump is actually going to be the president. And it's going to put me on such a tailspin. I'm leaving the country. I can't I won't be able to live here. And if he's inaugurated in January, that's my that's my go date. And I'm out of here. Race war. Well, I just, I, with the integrity that I have as a human being and what I believe in, I can't live in the United States with Trump as the president because he, even if the president has no real power and they're just a puppet and a figurehead that we've elected that represents us, 
I cannot stand behind that particular representation, and I won't do it. No, because he he could push the button on anything at any time. He's never ever been a lead. He's never had a position in politics. And plus, his followers, because they are followers, would do anything in the hands of him. Zealotry. Yeah. There you go. Zealotry. You know, and that's the scary thing. He he doesn't need Congress. He's got these crazy kooks out there that are, you know, pro-Trump that'll do anything. Punch people in the face, threaten them. Hate gays, hate, hate Mexicans. You know, Muslims, you yeah. know. It, it's, it's just, you know, it's sad. But someone said this. I was watching... I, I think it was like it was something like on ABC would have you but someone said that you know what true Trump is actually recruiting people for ISIS if you think about it because all his rhetoric <sighs> wow. that he's stating wow. is a great way to recruit yeah you know when you're talking about banning Muslims and you know su- surveillance on them right yeah you're actually kind of helping the, yeah. their cause yeah. by in, by in, by entitled it's all about the entitlement that we as the American people are somehow better than everyone else in the world. And that is fucked up because we all live in the same world. Like I say, take the socialism even farther. Like why? But the thing is, there are enough resources for all of us. But the thing is, you don't even have to leave this country because if he wants to put a ro- a wall, uh, a wall divides us between Mexico, which is part of North America. Right. And then you want to ban Muslims. So, by the way, a, a majority of Muslims that live here are from here. Well, and it's, you can't put... You can't put a ban on a religion. You can't. It's, you it's, can't do it. It's Auschwitz, my it's, friend. Uh, yeah, it's Kristallnacht. It's Auschwitz. It's 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 Hitler all over again. It's saying, it's. I mean, I also was completely against the Japanese internment because they were people who they were not. They were Japanese Americans. Yeah, and we, I wasn't we, there. We put them in. <laughs> right. Well, we put them in internment camps, and that was terrible. It's but it, it was a race of people as opposed to a religion, because any race of person can be a Muslim. I could be a Muslim. Anybody can. It's it's a religion that you can attune to. If you want, you can have your hajib and you can do your whole thing. You can pray. Great. You can eat the foods and do the Ramadans. Awesome. But you, you and you can be anyone, but you can't put a ban on a specific religion. You can't put a ban on anybody. That's just so ridiculous. Well, the, the president actually is has like a thing in the law that says that if there, you can you can like send a group of people out of the name. Like if, if he was said no more Syrians, you could round them all up. And it's like a that's, presidential thing. It's terrible. It's scary. Racist as fuck. I think it's that's like a 1948 law or something like that. I don't World remember exactly. Fear. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, it's just like, you know, that it, it, it's, I don't understand why people would think that rhetoric is fine. And first of all, right. yeah. here in America, again, why do I have to tell people this? That America is stolen land. Right. Okay. Manifest destiny. We saw it. It's ours. Do, yeah. California and Texas were once Mexico. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you can't put a wall up against a place that was once known because right. you stole it. Right. Exactly. Because you stole it. I mean, it's just like, and then when people say go back to Africa, I'm like, no, uh, you well, brought me here, motherfucker. And it's the I entitlement. Was trying to go back. It's what it, it's what it comes down to is it's the entitlement. It's the entitlement of white people to say that we're better than black people and we're going to take them and make them property. It's the entitlement of the people to say manifest destiny that all I see is mine. The white man saying all I see is mine now. And, oh, and I'm going to buy this land from France. Why was 
was the why was why did the Louisiana Purchase belong to France? It belonged to the Indians, Indians. who was living there, right. and it didn't. But the Indians were like, we don't we don't own the land. The land belongs to everyone, right. and we're like, no no no, now it's ours. Get off! Pow. Oh, I can see farther. My manifest destiny, my entitlement says that I can go from sea to shining sea. And then this whole thing with foreigners, it's just like, do white people forget some of these people, like, for example, Donald Trump's family came from Scotland, like, in the 19th century, which is not that long ago. Right, right. You know, it's just like, what, what do you mean a ban on foreigners? Well, the, You're a foreigner, the reason, the reason that you, uh, when the, the reason we brought in the Chinese people was to have them build the railroads, and then when they didn't want to pay them, they'd just have them uh, build a tunnel and then blow it up. <laughs> no, that's serious. That's they would like, if, if so they didn't have, they just, people would die on the railroad, and uh, they're like, oh, you don't that's, have to pay them, just kill them. It, it's just like, it's the, the rhetoric of what, people are saying and talking about just sounds so like 15th century (laughs) to me it really is it's just like i think it's a back maybe it's a backlash to the fear like you were saying is that i mean why are people so afraid of women having control over their bodies why are people so afraid of gay dudes gay dudes are the best they're not gonna have kids and if they do they're gonna have a lot of money and they're gonna raise them fucking right like i've seen committed partnerships between um, homosexuals of all kinds and they have wonderful children and they love their kids and they're super they happy actually, about it. They actually want to get married and they actually stick together. Right. And they work on the relationship. Straight people's relationships are fucked yeah, up. Yeah, we just divorce at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but to, what, what are what are they so afraid of? Of, of women? The, the argument about gay people and about abortion seems so dumb to me because what are they afraid of? It's nobody's business anyway. But giving, but giving women the power to, to have control over their own lives. Why is that so scary? And why is, like, what is the threat of gay people? Is it that, is it such a threat to their masculinity that yes. they just can't handle yes. it? Yes, exactly. I just don't understand. So who cares what people do to get to get off who cares and and then the fact of the matter that they use homosexuality as a way as as perversion well got news for you guys by the way we just i don't know if you've heard of brock turner that's someone that i wouldn't want in my bathroom you know he's a rapist so if you want to talk about perverse let's talk about these rapists that are going around raping everybody and giving off literally haha <laughs> You know, and then the fact, I mean, the, the bathroom argument to me is so dumb. That's Let so people dumb. go where they feel comfortable. That doesn't even as make- long as they're not going in the street. I, I saw another person taking a poo the other day, just in front of everybody. Oh, and I saw a guy with his pants down and his dick hanging out on seventh <laughs> and seventh and mission. I was getting on the, on the 14 mission and his dick was just hanging out. His <laughs> pants were down. There's pee just dribbling oh, down into the street. Oh. Like, I'm like, use a bathroom. Okay. I don't care which bathroom you use. Just pick one. <laughs> Find one. I hope. I hope what this incident does, and I hope it wakes up people. Like, this, see how trivial this whole bathroom thing is. So it's stupid. stupid. It's so, so stupid. stupid. The real big picture is wh- how how come these people died? Right. Why? What can we do to avoid the situation for these people? I mean, you know, with guns. You know, not this bathroom. This is a waste of time and legislation. Right. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Let's right. get to the real point. Right. We're worried about bath. We're really 
worried about bathrooms. Now, I've, I've heard that high schools have been like, blah, 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 and I yes. say, wherever anybody feels safe and comfortable to go to the bathroom, they should go to the bathroom. We're talking about pooping and peeing, things that you have to do as a human. And what? who cares? Make all bathrooms unisex. Why aren't bathrooms unisex anyways? Are we worried about rape? Like, what the fuck is happening? I mean... Yes, if Brock Turner is in there. Well, yes. I mean... Yes. I just want people to use a bathroom. I do. <laughs> Especially my, when my you, fight in San Francisco. Just the, not on the street. Okay? I agree with you. That shit's gross. But I mean. It smells like pee sometimes. Ew. In the sun. But you walk by a certain corner and I'm like, that's the pill corner of the human. Larkin. Human pee. <laughs> yeah, human pee smells different than dog pee in the sun. I know this. Because sometimes when I sit next to a guy on the bus, he seems, smells like he's been baking in the sun and, and he smells like human pee. There's a certain muskiness to it. It's, it's very musky. I just, you know, the thing is, so angry. I hope people will learn a little bit after this tragedy about the things that are just trivial to life. I think everything's going to escalate. I got to tell you, I think this is this. This has all just happened this week. And I don't know if it's June and I don't know if there's like a spike at this time of year in weird things because of it's a full. It's not even a full moon, is it? No, no. So I, I don't know. I do feel like. It's getting worse, and it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And if and I and I'll people are afraid of the truth. That's what it is. Well, people don't know, and it comes back to this: people don't know what the truth is because we can't even see it. Like, like my my dad is a staunch Republican, and he thinks Bernie's an idiot. And it's like Bernie's the only one that has any that we can have any hope for the future with. Can now is your father gonna be voting for Trump? Probably, yeah. Yeah. See, this is see, this is what the problem is. Right. You have a party who does not agree with and who condemns almost everything this person says, but yet you follow. Right. So you're sheep. Right. So you follow someone that you don't agree with. Right. You don't agree with his ideas. You think he's a moron, but just because he's part of the party. They follow the party line. They follow yeah. the party line. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand it either. I wanted to have him call in and talk to us about how he can legit, how he can tell me, and I would keep it so calm. I'd be like, just explain how you can support this, how you can be okay with this. And I wouldn't mind people if they don't want to vote. If they're a Republican, they're like, I don't want to vote for Hillary. I don't want to vote for Trump. I might. I've heard some people say they're going to sit this one out. I'm like, you know what? I, I I don't mind you doing that because if you're if you're a true Republican and you don't like this person who's bringing your party down, maybe you should sit this one out. Sorry, who are we kidding? <laughs> Trump has enough money to buy the election, just like George W. Bush did in 2004. Uh, he can buy the election. There is no question in my mind that if the, whatever governmental powers that be or whatever economy, to, I. It's all a sham, and it's impossible to see what the truth is because I, I, none of us have any concept of reality. They just I think we live in this weird world of, and especially here in San Francisco, I can't comment on anything in the world really because everything here is like this strange utopia. I think people here sometimes. I've said this many, 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 many times that I think sometimes having conversations with people here. It, it's kind of like I can't say anything because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, right, but I right. do hurt people's feelings because that's just the reality of where I come from. And I'm, I've been outside the bubble yeah. and sometimes being a little bit too much 
you you're not with reality. I, I do believe there's such thing as being too liberal. There I, is. I agree too. I I don't. Oh, it makes me so angry because it's just like let's just keep it real, okay? Let's keep it real. That's why I'm a socialist. Yeah, I. I mean, I, although people would say that that's the farthest liberal that you can get, but I disagree. Uh, I think that lib- liberics in their rhetoric are into that whole PC thing. I don't. And, oh. and the, the problem I have with. This, this, is, this is what makes me sad about our youth, and I think that it works into the entitlement, and it's a problem of how we're raising people, is that we're so scared now to tell someone that it's not good enough. We're too PC to say, I'm sorry, this work is mediocre, and you have to do it again. And just, oh, wow, any effort is so great, and all of their efforts are perfect and wonderful. You know, I'm, not, I'm never going to champion mediocrity, and I don't think that helps anybody. You I think that, that just creates too. narcissism. If someone tells you that you're really good at everything and you aren't really good at it, you believe that you're really good at it, and then you become a narcissist, and you don't have any perspective on your own art or your own work or your own anything that you're creating, your own job, your own... I see people in corporate situations that are lazy motherfuckers, and I'm thinking, how did they get this far? How did they do this? <laughs> But, I mean, it's, they're, mm. if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. And you can't tell someone it was good. And when I see people do it, that person then just gets a false idea of reality. Yeah. And you can't do that to people because it's harmful for them eventually. Absolutely. When they finally realize that they're not the talent that they thought they were. It'd be like if you had a gymnast and they, I mean, but that's something where you can actually like calculate, you know, you can see whether there's a progression or not. But I mean, I've heard singer songwriters that are off key and they're terrible. They're absolutely horrific singers and people clap and tell them what a great job they did. And I'm like, you're all, you're flat or you're sharp. Like you're not, it wasn't, <laughs> it was not aesthetically pleasing to the ear. I would just like, you know, like there are some comedians who are funny and who aren't funny. I'm not going to laugh at everybody's joke. Absolutely. Just like sometimes I say things that aren't funny. I wouldn't want people to fake laugh. Right. Because I don't want to use that shit again. <laughs> because yeah. it's not funny. And if it's not it funny, don't laugh. Right. And I get that. You won't hurt my feelings. You'll just tell me, well, I got to work on that shit. <laughs> or I'm throwing that one away. You know, and not everybody's a winner. Not everyone deserves yeah. a trophy. Right. And that's what we've done now is we've said to the kids, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone's Fuck a winner. That. I agree. I think that if something is good, then be honest about how good it is. Yeah. And if it's not, I mean, and... I've seen some two-and-a-half-year-old art that's pretty fucking good, and I tell them, this is great! Absolutely. Uh, you know, effort, and effort is great. As long as there, you, you can applaud the effort if it was a good effort, but don't applaud the effort if it was a shit-ass effort. <laughs> if it was a lazy, <laughs> shit-ass effort, then don't applaud it. Don't. Don't do it. I mean, everybody could do a little bit more. Oh, Pam, you're being really too harsh right now. Be nice. Yeah, be nice. Don't tell people the truth. Yeah. Why don't you just lie a little bit, okay? It'll make yeah, them feel it'll better. It'll make them feel better. No. Fuck that. Absolutely. I didn't come from that environment. Nope. No. And that's, I think that's part of the problem of what's happening, especially when people are so liberal. Everyone's effort is golden. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It's it's just not everyone's a good poet. <laughs> not everybody's funny. Not everybody's funny. Not everybody's a great dancer. Yeah. You know, you watch so you think you can dance and there's people that are amazing and then one person gets up and they think they're really good and you're like, "Oh. Who well, told you you were good?" <laughs> 
what person took your money for years and years and said that you were really good at this? Because I'm sorry, you're it's, not excelling. Yeah, and the thing is, it's just like, you know, it, it hurts. The truth does hurt. But the thing is, you eventually get over it and hopefully work on it and get better. Or you try something else or, new that you can get that you're good at. Or do it for joy and don't give a fuck. Like, right. I always knew I was never going to be a professional dancer. But I took ballet for 23 years and I loved it. And I love dancing and I'd go back to it if I had the money now. But because I love it. I love ballet. I always have. Am I a great dancer? No. No. Not even by the stretch of the. But do I love doing it? Hell yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm glad, actually, that my ballet teacher didn't snow me when I was 10. And when I was like, I want to be a professional ballerina. And she's like, that's never going to happen, sweetheart. <laughs> and, you know, she's right. I'm 5'5". Five, five, and uh, that it just never would have happened. I mean, I could be a modern dancer. I could have done. But I was never going to be a prima ballerina. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, I've always, body wanted to, I've always wanted to be a singer and an actress. But, you know, I do karaoke. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, the thing is, like, no, I'm never going to have a top 40 hit. Right. You know, and I've actually, sing. yeah. But at least, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, doing karaoke to make myself feel better. Well, it's just fun to perform. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of venue where, yeah, you get to perform and it's fun and everyone's there and it's like, it's, and it's not about competition or about, it's just about having fun because singing is a fun thing to do. Like there was, I wasn't good at softball. My mom forced me to play softball when I was, when I was a kid one summer and she told me, wow, you're not good. And I'm like, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't excel at this. Don't I'm, make me I'm do it. I'm terrible at this. It's fun to play slosh ball though every once in a yeah. while. Get the keg out, have a good time. It's hard to do now with the open container laws and whatnot. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, you have to be far, far away. We used to do it all the time back in the early 90s, but not anymore. Although there was open container law in Davis, so you actually could legally, until 1998, have the keg on second base. And the cops would drive through, you could wave at them. It was no big deal. And you could walk from frat house to frat house with 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 a cup. Uh, and then they shut it down because they're like, too much rape. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I don't know if that's true <laughs> that's or not. That was just, what, that's it was just what me it making is. shit up. What do you think about that whole situation, by the way? With the Stanford raping? Yeah. Stanford raping. <laughs> I think that any person with money and power can get out of any situation at any time. I'm surprised yeah. that O.J. Simpson is in jail. So, you know, stuff like that. I mean, if you have enough notoriety, you feel powerful enough to do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. So this particular swimmer feels, but that's the other thing is like, you don't rape people unless you want it. You need to feel power, you know, cause you know that you're going to get away with it. Right. Get away with it though. That's so gross. Like, it's, but that's the thing is that you're having sex with a person that doesn't want to have sex with you and you want that. And that's, and either the person's having sex with you and you don't want it and you're passed out or a person's having sex with you and you don't want it and you're awake either way. That's a huge violation of a person's personal space and uh, and self. And it's a, a complete objectification saying that your feelings don't matter and I want to get off and this is how I'm doing it. And that's scary to me that that's a mindset that exists. Oh, yeah. and the that, That's is, the scariest thing to me. And the thing is, it doesn't even just have to be on a college campus. The fact of the matter is, like, you know, I'm just reading what his dad said, something about, like, 20, you know, he shouldn't have to sacrifice his life for 20 minutes of action. Ew. That is like, but that objectifies her even. That makes her not a person. Twenty minutes of action with, then you then you fuck a blow up doll or you spend three grand on one of those weird 
That uh, is like the most disturbing, sick thing. That it's hear. condoned by his parents. Yeah. That he that he negated another person's humanity. And that was, because that's basically what he's doing. When you, when you rape a person, you say, you are not a real person. Oh. You're not, you're nothing. You're, you're an object, you're a thing. And it's, I get to do whatever I want. And that's saying that they are not a human and, and you're not allowed to do that. You can't. And I mean, the justice system kind slavery. of like threw that in the face of like, you know, basically that's what it is. You know, they gave him six months and he'll probably be out in three. So he'll probably be out in September, October. Wow. When people who, you know, still cars or right, have, gonna be, right, right, right. Or who have, you know, expired licenses and have, you know, have warrants probably spend like a year in jail. Yeah. So the, basically our, our, our judicial system told that person that she's worthless. Yeah. That uh, that her humanity, her 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 humanness is worthless. Worthless. Yeah. That's so again, a woman's body, are it's not a temple. Right. And it's a dumpster where they found her. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. Sticky cum dumpster. That's what women yeah. are for. And the fact, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, you have like a lot of jurors who are really pissed off at the judge, and now they're trying to um, get rid of the judge or what have you. They just took him off a sexual assault case. Yeah, uh, good. He was supposed to. Yeah, they just took him off. You know, if you're going to be a judge, we can't. There's certain things that we can't condone. You know, we can't condone. We. I, this is just, you know, and I think now. I think certain people are starting to see the difference. Unfortunately, it has to take this to realize. I was listening to people that um, that go to Stanford. They were on the campus. They were talking about like you know, if he was not a white straight male who comes from an upper class family, this right. would not be well, the same thing. He's entitled to rape people because he's rich and right. because he's good looking and a swimmer or whatever and really good at school and he's going to Stanford. So he's actually entitled. Why wouldn't every woman want to have sex with him? And I can't even believe that she would say no because come on, I mean, it's th- this guy. He gets to have sex with whatever he wants because he's right. so special and so fucking entitled. And so, but that's, that's, that's exactly saying. what he, that's exactly what, and that's exactly what we're saying is that and I mean, it's the same thing with. We'll see what happens to Cosby, but. Uh, it, <sighs> no, they're gonna they're gonna get Cosby. Well, I think they're gonna get him. It's they're gonna get that. It's brother. an entitlement thing. It's they're gonna get that brother. I want to have. You know, uh, but and that's isn't that to have sex with a passed out woman is also a big form of entitlement and a form of, like, that's just weird that you would want What's them it? to be. Want them to not it's like be there. Like a dead person. Right, it, and that's the thing: is sex is supposed to be this two party, right? Three or four, right? <laughs> but it's 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 what connects us to like love and humanism. It's what we were talking about at the very top of the show. With we condone violence, but we not sexuality. Whereas sexuality is supposed to be an expression of love, and yet we don't condone that on film, but or on screen. And yet we're so into sports and violence and killing, and that's no problem. I, I mean. It's just it sets it sets up the wrong. We're, it's 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 the we're wrong. We're setting message. up the wrong messages. Yeah. And and people are too entitled. And how do we make it? How do we make people see people as actual people, humans? Like we, human. But I think this what this show today is about humans, humanity. Yeah, humanity. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, and the fact of like. I haven't lost all faith in humanity, but it's just like there's some. You never know who you're going to come across as inhumane. Right. 
you know, you never know how violent or evil of, of a human, of a person that you're going to cross that day, what they could do to you. You well, know. I, try, I mean, gosh, I don't, I never, I'm never looking for the evil people. I'm never, no, I'm I mean, never looking I, for them. I, right. But I mean, I don't even, when I see people, I, and I walk around and I look and I don't, I don't wear uh, headphones or listen to the music. I, I'm like, I'm awake in the world and I pay attention and I'm usually with small children. So I'm usually paying attention to them and sort of the world around us. But I see a lot of stupidity and ignorance, but I don't see a lot of evil. And even when, you know, the guy on the bus today who tried to take his steel reserve on the bus and the bus driver said, you ain't taking that on my bus. And I was like, you go, girlfriend. And he walked in the back. He's like, I dumped it out. And he didn't dump it out. He was lying. And then in the back, he was in the back of the bus and he starts screaming on the phone. I didn't know he was on the phone because I didn't want to turn around. But he said, what do you want? And I was like, oh, my God, is he yelling at me? And then I realized, oh, okay, wait, no, he's talking on the phone. So then he's talking on the phone really loud. And that's just ignorance. I think it's that he might have been drunk and he wasn't thinking about the people around him. And he was just being stupid and not thinking. And it's ignorance. I don't think he was evil. I don't think he was going to stab me or throw his can at me. It's just ignorance. And... But he was kind of dirty. You know, I've seen him around. He's probably one of the heroin addicts going, going to get off at 6th Street. and He's going to get off at 6th Street and get his methadone or whatever. But some people would say, well, that person's evil. And it, no, think, they're just oh, that's ignorant. A, that ain't evil. No. I met some evil motherfuckers. You know? I mean, even even the guy who started the fight on the 5 um, when I was coming back from Ocean Beach, the Hayes Valley 5. Ew. And um, this African-American young gentleman got on and started like sort of posturing at people like as he got on and he got mad at an old man who was going to sit down next to him and he like did that thing with the shoulders you know and then he ended up getting up and yelling at two white people and saying don't you look at me look the other way and she wouldn't look the other way and he spit in her face and I think that's a form of evil it was it I still feel like I feel like it was I don't feel like he was evil I feel like he was still being stupid or ignorant somehow I think that's a form of evil Okay. I think it's a, you know. It wasn't a salt. He spit on her. It was pretty bad. He was looking yeah. to pick a fight. So if you're looking to pick he's, a fight, is that evil? Yeah, I think he he's wanting to do some harm. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, so now we're, we're pinpointing it. For, if your intention is to do harm, right. then you it's know, evil. I mean. He, his intention was not to open up a nice dialogue between a young African-American gentleman and a nice white lady in yoga pants in the front. And then this or big, mind his own damn guy. business, right? Or mind his own damn business, like I was trying to do. So when the fight actually broke out, and um, and that was crazy, and they're trying to get him off the bus, I was trying to protect the lovely long-haired Viking next to me. She had this really great long, blondish red hair, and I was like, "Don't worry, I'll protect you." I was like, "I wish I had my skateboard. I'd hit him in the head." But um, we leapt over the seats, and and I was like, "Don't worry, I'll protect you." And we ended up getting off the bus and sort of hugging and going our separate ways. But I. I and my intention in that thing was to, to do good, to, to kind of try right. to save her or me or figure, to defuse the situation, whatever. Not ignore the situation, because that's what I hate the most, when people see something going on right. and just sit there. Well, they were having a fist fight two seats in front of us, so it was hard to ignore. Right. But, yeah. But, I mean, I've seen people like, you know, you know, there have been people that have been hurt and people just walk by. Uh, that's, that's tough. I don't necessarily call that evil you walking by but it's some kind of form of a disgrace of as you as a person if someone was bleeding 
I definitely help out. But I see so many people laying on the street in the tenderloin that there's nothing. Well, I can't. <laughs> like, I can't. Every person that's laying down with a butt, it's like, because when I first moved to the tenderloin, I would, like, sort of kick people and be like, are you, are you okay? Alive? Are you okay? And they're like, get the fuck out of here. So I sort of learned that just because they've got a carpet covering their head and it's the middle of the day and they're in the sun does not mean that they're dead, dying, or want me to involve myself in their world in any way. Right. Um, that's different. It's yeah. hard, though. It's like, I don't want to feel heartless, but I have to walk by a lot of people that are laying on the street. But if I saw blood, that's when I call 911. Yeah. Or, I mean, I've seen someone, like, having a heart attack on the street and what have you. So the first thing I'm going to do is call 911, you know. But I've seen people, like, walk and step over people who are hurt. And Uh, I'm like, what the fuck? Right. I mean, I'm like, that's disgraceful. Like, what kind of person are you? Like, that's so inhumane. Right. You know, or what's the story? Well, then it becomes this. So if if we're breaking it down to your intention to do harm is evil and your intention to help is good, what is indifference? Is Ignoring. It, well, but is it evil or is it just, I mean, that's the thing. If you've got, if we've, if we've determined our scale, right? And uh, evil is the intention to do harm and goodness is the intention to help. I think it's, it, and indifference is, is that evil? Or is that, it's definitely not good. It's not good. It's right there in the middle. (laughs) Right. But then it's, it's, I mean, you're not helping and you're not hurting, but are you hurting by not helping? You would want someone to help you, correct? Oh, hell yeah. 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 But I'm a nice white lady. Everyone wants to help me. I think people have this, (laughs) this idea of like, it can't, it wouldn't happen to me or, you know, if I just mind my business, which is the problem sometimes, you know. Because sometimes when people mind their business, they instead of helping, they rather film it. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Which I have a big problem. I, I have a problem with that. Absolutely. Like if you you're just sitting there filming it rather than helping. There have been a lot of stories about people doing that shit, and like a lot of these fights and high school fights and what have you. Uh-huh. And there was a guy in the New York subway that was pushed off, and this guy filmed it rather than help. Well, the Trump supporters that beat up that guy, and they all filmed it. You, there were multiple iPhones that you could watch that footage off of. Right. Of that guy being beat up. Be- so. Beat up. And you just sit there and film it. Like my, oh, my phone doesn't have a video option. <laughs> I'm not I can only take stills. <laughs> I'm, I'm living in the... Instagram. It. Um, yeah, I don't even have an Instagram. I don't connect to the internet. I'm, I'm, I'm flying blind here, Latoya. Well, flying blind. Well, you won't be posting any like fights on like World Star or anything like that anytime no. soon. No, I mean that. I mean that's the thing is that we're we celebrate and because of things like world star and they celebrate these like bitch fights or whatever and and i'm guilty of watching some that shit too so. well so the pe- per, the the perpetration or the uh, proliferation of fighting and videos and and all that that just that perpetuates our society to be like violence is cool isn't it fun to watch those bitches slap each other <laughs> yeah absolutely and and but the, and that's the celebration of evil because we've already established that I mean, if you're going to get in a physical fight with someone, you want to harm them. And that's the thing, okay? Did I want to slap a bitch last Friday? Fuck yes. Was I probably entitled to do so? Yeah. But But I didn't because I was afraid I'd get, you know, the police. There's consequences. But, um, 
the others, and I understand that there's consequences. I learned to keep your hands to yourself. You aren't, even though I feel like lashing out and slapping her and saying, shut the fuck up. I'm not allowed to do that. Right. Our society says, nay, you know, that is an intention to do harm because it's really, it's belittling in it to another person and it's sort of pulling the humanity out of it. Also, it makes me look dumb because I should be able to w- work with my words as opposed to using my fists. Absolutely. Um, but wow, did I want to. Oh yeah, there's, oh my gosh, there's some times when I'm just like, oh, I just want to slap the, mm, yeah. but that's called assault, brother. That's called assault. And yeah. I don't feel like bailing myself out of jail and getting a lawyer. Right. You know, because there's consequences. And, but that's the thing is for some people there isn't. There are people get in fights all the time, but I think I'm, and I and I don't want to say this, when I'm saying this, it sounds like I'm the most boastful little bitch, but I feel like I couldn't get away with it because I'm too well known. If I, <laughs> no, seriously, and that sounds like the most, that makes me sound like the most narcissistic dick bag, right? But let's say that I was at Brainwash and oh, somebody yeah, okay. called me a drunk in front of everyone and said, you're not funny at all and you're a drunk and I took a swing at that person and hit them in the face. They called the Pope. They would call the police and everybody would have seen it and everybody would know and I would get in trouble. Yeah, I can see that. I don't have enough anonymity, you know? Right. Like if I was... Because where am I going to get in a fight? Am I going to get in a random fight on the street? No. It would be in one of the places where I frequent. Frequent. So if it was at Mutiny Radio and I got into a fist fight... Oh, you bet that would come back and bite me in the ass. Are you kidding me? Like crazy. I could get all kinds of crazy things. So, like, I recognize the responsibilities that I have and how... Do I want to fly off the handle sometimes? Absolutely. Yes. Us as humans, sometimes there's just so many ignorant, moronic people who just don't get it. They don't get it. And or they're disrespectful. Or they're disrespectful. Like in their place. And it's just like, oh God, if I just, if I could meet you in a dark alley. Right. Oh, and just give me one swing. I don't need a crowbar. I just want one swing yeah, just... to slap the taste out of your mouth and maybe you'll get it. Yeah. But you right. can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it does feel liberating to hit someone especially if they put their hands on you for first sure, it's just right. like if you're going for me if someone puts their hands on me then i have no problem with going crazy oh yeah we're we're Absolutely. going it's going uh, down it's, it's on yeah. because then i'm defending myself exactly but me feeling disrespected and throwing a punch will never happen no even no matter how hard you press me because someone did that was a real story outside of brainwash a couple of years ago um a comedian who shall not be named said into a microphone on stage a bunch of just terrible, terrible things about me. Um, Just that I'm a worthless drunk, that I'm not funny, and making fun of my ex-boyfriends. They were poking a bear. They were poking a bear. And I had to be held back because I was going to hit that guy. But then I, I realized, like... If I did that, he wanted you. To he, do that. he wanted me to hit him, and if I did that, I would because he actually went to law school, even though he doesn't practice law anymore because he didn't pass the bar or something. He would have got me. He would have had me. So, I always have to, you know, recognize that there's responsibility with being on stage seven times a week. You know, like absolutely, yeah. People know who I am here at the station. I can't. I mean, you just have to. I just, I just don't want to deal with the law. Right, That's me either, me either. I don't and I know that it would it. come, I know that it would bite me. There would be no anonymity in it. And I've even had this, this is a thought that I'll ask you. And, and when there was that guy stalking me and I was nervous for a while. And I've always carried around the skateboard and the scooter. So this was my question. And I felt like I wanted to ask a lawyer or the police or something, but I kind of didn't want to get into it. But what if this person was stalking me and accosted me in a dark alley and I 
hit him in the face with my scooter or hit him in the shins and broke his leg or hit him in the face with the trucks and my, you know, skateboard and broke his teeth or whatever and then ran away and got out of there, would I have to immediately go to the police and tell them? Absolutely. Would I not? Would I just let it lie? Would I just be like, would I, is that something I would have to do is go to the police and say, I just was accosted in an alley and so I took my skateboard and I hit him in the face with the trucks and I went away. This was the street. Would I get in more trouble? See, this is, I, I would say this is the tricky part with, because stalking, I don't think the police understand completely what the whole stalking thing is because there have been people who have gotten murdered who have right. went to the police because they've had a stalker or what right. have you and the police didn't do anything. I would want to say yes, you could go to the police because this person had been following me, but I think you would have to have a restraining order just to prove right. the, fact, right. the fact that, yeah. you know... There'd have to be a history that exactly. was in place already. You know, and that's the tricky line. I mean, because I, if I knew this person was following me and I don't want, I don't trust the police hundred percent anyway, yeah. but I would just be cautious. And if I saw this person and they came up to me and were, it looked like they were going to attack me. Fuck. Yeah. Skateboard to the mouth. Yeah. Right. Because I know what this person's going to do to me next. I know what they're right. I know what their intention is. Their intention is to harm me. Well, and this particular person who was stalking me for a while, he was just a total crazy person. Like, absolutely. He came to the station one day and accused me of following him. I'm like, you came to my station. You came here to find me. And he's like, what about our relationship? I'm like, dude, we don't have a... I see you follow me around all the time in the Tenderloin. And I see when you turn into, turn into that old lady with the cart, you're, you're an alien shapeshifter. And uh. he's saying this to me and I'm like, you need to leave. And he wouldn't listen. And, and the guys in here had to come out and sort of like strong arm him into leaving. See, and that's scary. It was that's, super scary. That person's a lunatic. He's absolutely a lunatic. That is the kind of people that you have to watch out for. Right. Absolutely. Because they would, they're the kind of deranged people that would do some harm. And that's the thing is, I don't know if his intention would be harm or his intention because he's crazy. was like, he was like our relationship. Like he thought we had something going on. Delusional. Delusional. Right. And, and how do you, how do you deal with delusion? You, and there's anyway you knock it upside the head with a skateboard right right yeah i mean but that i mean that's very very scary i mean that's one of the reasons why you had that singer uh in orlando right the one from the voice yeah that some poor 22 year old deranged fan with a gun just walks up and shoots her point blank in the head Uh, guns are terrible i say let's go back to knives everybody knife fight knife fights Come yeah, on. let's go back to the sharks and the jets, baby. Oh, right. West when Side you're a Story. Jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. <laughs> you know, yeah, all we got to do is uh, strap them, everybody at the wrists, and have a nice little knife fight. Knife fight. Yeah. Don't, that ain't no punk move. Well, I mean, <laughs> hand to hand combat in close quarters. Guns are too easy, right? Because you can be far away. Guns are very easy because you don't know where they're coming from either. Mm. They still haven't found JFK's killer. Mm. I need <laughs> to read that. It's another, that's kind of the next one on my Stephen King Stephen list King is one. the 63 book. Yeah. 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 But I, so did you ever end up reporting this person or? Did they I just- did. I, um, I didn't get a restraining, restraining order, but I did uh, call the police. The problem was that I don't like calling the police to this place. All right. And it's happened, um, he actually 
His, well, it doesn't matter. His name is Uzi. That's how he gives his name out, is Uzi, Ooh. which is scary. That's scary. And he came here once, and I was nice to him once at an open mic, and then that was the problem. And, and, and what I've learned here at Mutiny Radio is that, you know, we have an open-door policy, but please don't come here if you're crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> please... Can you not do that? <laughs> you could be fun crazy, but yeah, I mean, and I'm a I'm a bad judge of character because I think everybody's good. Like I want to believe that everybody has happy intentions, and that's not necessarily true. And so, you know, I'm just a bad I'm just a poor judge of character. I don't think that's a poor judge of ca- character. I think is it's the fact that you have too much faith in humanity, and you give people chances. That's the right, thing. Right, right. Pe- everyone deserves a chance. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I agree with, you know, giving people chances or what have you. But yeah, but shoe me once, shame on you. Shoe me twice. Well, you ain't got no shoes. <laughs> no, I, he, uh, fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Well, I'm the fool, baby. <laughs> However it goes. Uh, once, twice, three times a lady. Yeah, no, it's about foolishness. Summer. I just, I'm a terrible judge of character because I do, I, I, I believe that everybody has the right intentions. And that's the thing. If I feel that you have the wrong intentions, wow, you must have done something really shitty. So Donald Trump, you've really fucked up because I think you're a bag of dicks. I think he's evil. Yeah. Well, money makes, money corrupts. Yeah. That's a form of evil. Evil. Corruption and money. Yay. Uh, this has been the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm every Wednesday from noon to 2. Uh, my host, Victoria, the Sheriff of Truth Land, has been amazing. Okay, as always, we've been talking about trying to save the world. Humanity. Um, I'd like to remind you guys, as we leave with our, our last song by the uh, incredible Billy Joel, uh, that, you know, Latoya and I didn't do it. I don't know who did. Someone did it. We didn't start, start the, the fire. fire. All right. The Trump. I don't know. The fire's been burning since the world's been turning. Thank you so much, though, for joining us today. Um, the, the world is going to explode. Be careful. Be kind to your fellow people. Just smile at babies once. Come on. Be cool. Uh, all right. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>
of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Yeah. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. 
whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selective.